Welcome to Salary Capped, presented by MarketScale, where we explore the intersection of business and sports. I'm Tyler Kern, and each week we'll chat with the leaders, marketers, and inventors that are powering sports into the future. When an architect sits down to design the next great stadium, they're thinking about how to unite the athletes with the fans. It's not an accident that teams are named after cities and regions. The very idea of going to a game is a communal aspect and a way to feel closer with the people who bleed your team's colors. And the way that a stadium is designed has this communal aspect in mind, right? So as we pull out of the COVID-19 quarantine, mass gatherings have a different connotation. A stadium that was designed for mobility and ease of navigating now poses a potential health risk. I sat down with Matthew Birchall of Borough Happel to discuss how they're running people flow modeling to determine how to balance new occupancy needs with business imperatives. All right, joining me now on Salary Capped is Matthew Birchall. He's the global head of sports and entertainment for Borough Happold. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. It's wonderful to have the, uh, have the opportunity to talk to you today. And as teams begin to reopen from the COVID-19 shutdown and leagues begin to explore, hey, can we allow fans back in? What is that going to look like? I know a couple of European soccer leagues have floated that idea as potentially something that could happen in the near future. And I know uh, in the state of Texas, where we live in the United States, that's something that, uh, that our governor has put forward as uh, stadiums are going to be allowed to have 50% occupancy. So as we look at this future, how can teams back balance occupancy restrictions with also the goal of having fans in and generating revenue in that way? Well, it's a, it's a very complex uh, picture and it's very, very different for each individual sport and each individual market around the world. There's no one size fits all. Um, fundamentally, um, sport is a business. It's an entertainment business and it's one that uh, people have missed throughout lockdowns and throughout suspension of various events. Uh, and there's a, there's a good drive to get that up and running again, both in terms of getting the commercial revenues, the economies running, but also in terms of morale for various populations. Now, you have to balance all, all the economic sides with the uh, uh, public health issues, obviously. Uh, and, and in some countries, they'll be able to open with almost no restrictions at all. Now, in the United States, in the United Kingdom in particular, um, for the time being, um, they will have to look at either playing games with no fans in at all or playing matches with restricted capacities. Now, I know for the Premier League, for instance, and it's the same for the Bundesliga in Germany and most of the other European soccer leagues, uh, opening a venue for a professional game with only partial capacity is actually more challenging uh, from a business case than actually opening it uh, full or with none. So in their cases, that they would probably choose, in rather than have, say, 20, 30% of fans in a venue, not to open at all. Uh, and, and that gets into the root of the, of, of the problem, really. How do you get some fan in, engagement with players? Uh, so you need some fans actually within that venue. How many can you get in and what's the critical mass? And how can you therefore maximise the safety and the experience and the revenue and look after all those, all those things at once? So... So one of the key aspects you need to look at is how many people can you get in and how will that affect their experience? Now, um, most soccer venues and most uh, NFL venues and so on might have capacities in the region of 40,000 to 70,000. Now, if you're observing most of the social distancing regulations that are currently in place around various countries, six feet, 
two meters or whatever, you're probably going to be limited to around um, a quarter of your capacity. In some cases, you could go slightly more, in other cases, slightly less. Now that is gonna create a lot of challenges because it costs you a lot of money just to open the venue. And secondly, even at that capacity, people's experiences are going to be substantially compromised. The queues um, uh, to get in are going to be uh, significant. You know, the distance just even to keep people spaced before even getting in will, will be huge. Mm-hmm. And then once in the venue, the ability to interact as, as they might have done previously, they won't be able necessarily to sit that close to a lot of their, their, their fans, their, uh, their, their fellow um, home fans, for instance, and the concessions and even going to the going to the toilets will be severely compromised. So you need to look at that in the whole. How do you operate the venue uh, and how might you actually change the configuration of it to, to actually optimize both the experience and the revenue? So what kind of analytics can you collect and what kind of data can you uh, bring forward when it comes to how teams and leagues should go about making these types of decisions, uh, whether it's you know on capacity or the movement of human beings within a venue? What kinds of things can you provide that are beneficial to teams when it comes to making this decision? Okay. Uh, one of the ways that to, to, to look at this, I, I, I think, is uh, almost a mirror image of how you actually commission and open a venue in the first place. Uh, it, it is traditional to open venues to get licensing in a series of stages to demonstrate that it is safe. Uh, and that ultimately, I think, has to be the case for, for soccer, MLS, Premier League, whatever, and most other professional sports. Before you launch into actually pushing the limits of what you can do within a venue on a match day, it is safe to start with a relatively um, smaller capacity. So I, I, I would consider building it up let's say in a 60,000 capacity venue, starting with maybe a thousand fans in, in one particular day. That works well. You learn from the operation, you learn what works well, what you need to change. The next time you might then increase it to 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. As you gradually build up the confidence in the ability to have a sanitized environment, to deal with customer expectation, demonstrate it is safe, and also reach a critical capacity of, of how to manage people within that venue. For me, that is one of the key key aspects. And what you'd include in, in the analysis of that is a lot of information in those early stages to actually monitor how people move around, how long it actually takes them to do things. You have to treat this like a process uh, more than just a, a, a static element. It's almost like how, how the people will move about a venue is almost akin to the analysis you might have of a soccer game with all the players moving around an individual uh, pitch tracking them as they go, checking where people get closer, those sort of things. And as you can observe what people can do, you can then model scenarios and then work out how in advance you can increase those capacities. So at one level, you can do it that way. The second way from an analytical point of view is is hopefully to get all those fans during this process to to, to buy into the fact that um, it is in their interests to observe whatever guidelines. Just like when you have a group of school children, perhaps going to a playground, if they're very young, they're not going to understand social distancing. Similarly, if you get a whole lot of fans who are excited about an event, they may not, um, it may not come a second nature to them to keep apart. So in that context, it, it's, it's, it's a very important from an informative point of view to tell people what they shouldn't, shouldn't do. And so you need to take them on a journey. But secondly, you might want to incentivize them. And uh, I've seen various interested um, parties propose applications that you could have on, 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 t- on phones and mobile technology 
or whatever to almost gamify the experience that if you're a good citizen uh social distancing on, on in a queue or or going to your seats going to the the bathroom or whatever actually you, you might accrue some points and that they, they might actually help with some some merchandise pur purchases or whatever so all of this is is taking people on a journey learning as you go being very critical as to the analysis of what is actually happening which will then enable you to predict what will then happen as you gradually ramp up the capacities absolutely you know I, I, being a fan myself i too turn into a little kid on a playground as soon as i get inside of a stadium because you know you get excited and you get wrapped up in that that communal nature of going to a game with other people right and that's that's a big part of the experience is celebrating with one another you know uh, eating and drinking together and enjoying that experience and so when you when you change that uh, there has to be an acknowledgement I, I would assume from teams to acknowledge that hey this does detract somewhat from the experience experience but here are some other ways that we have attempted to enhance the experience for you to make it worth your while to stay safe and to remember these guidelines. And you've touched on a, a key part there, and it is a very different experience. Now, a lot of true fans who have a, a, an emotional connection to their team will want to be able to see their team and cheer them on and, uh, and in many ways will be very motivated to observe whatever guidelines uh, are in there. Um, perhaps for the, for the casual sports fan who would go to a one-off event might experience a very, very different experience. And I know a lot of uh, operators, particularly of, of entertainment arenas, are very concerned as to the damage that um, a different experience might do to their brand. It might take their views to go back in the future to other things. So in a lot of cases, they're almost thinking, we will open with a full normal experience or not at all. Now, obviously, however long restrictions are in place uh, will, will govern how long that stance will last, but, but it is a very significant one. The, the other thing to, to, to remember, obviously, is also um, we everyone will have to follow whatever legislation is in place. So uh, at, as, a, as a bare minimum. So as a venue opens in a particular state, in a particular country, there'll be regulations that it'll have to adhere to. And that'll be a minimum level. I, I believe that um, a whole load of club owners and operators will have to go beyond that. Actually think think beyond just the pure regulations. It'll be very difficult, for instance, for an operator to, to get appropriate insurance for uh, an event or, or a stadium now. Uh, and the, I, I understand quite a few are slightly worried about class actions that might be brought against uh, people who, who might get infected at, at various events or, or things outside of their control. And it's important as a collective to buy into that and understand there are risks. We're going above and beyond. We're building up confidence with these people and then going on a journey. Um, as part of all of that is actually what is the right thing to do from a sociological point of view, from an economic point of view, and obviously very importantly from a health point of view. And, and social distancing, which is one of the main uh, drivers that we currently have for capacity in venues, is actually a relatively crude element in terms of controlling spread of infection. You need to look at the whole range of things from air quality through sanitization of or contact surfaces and so on. Uh, but, but also, I think what will be the key element in enabling venues to open in the future will be um, people almost having um, uh, uh, passports or, or, or um, papers that will verify that they've recently had a test. Um, for instance, festivals in the United Kingdom for next year are considering uh, just such an application whereby people can apply for tickets for an event, but that they will only be allowed in 
if they're able to demonstrate through electronic means um, that they have had a test within, let's say, the last seven days. That puts a lot of pressure on a testing system. But if, 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 if countries are up to speed with it, then you can actually imagine, therefore, not having a compromised experience within uh, a particular uh, event. It just means the onus then is on people to stay safe beforehand, to observe all the measures in traveling there, to actually be responsible, have testing and therefore be able to demonstrate that you're OK. And if you can do that, I think you will then be able to get significantly above the capacity limits that social distancing uh, currently requires. So we've mentioned the, the stadium context, obviously, and that's that's huge for sports organizations and for leagues around the world and teams that would like to have fans back in the stands. And, and we've talked at length about how they can make that happen. But are there other applications that could benefit from this same mindset and this same idea, be it shopping centers or places like that, where there can be um, reduced capacity, but they can do it in a smart way? Yes, I, I, absolutely. I mean, there's... Um... Uh, uh, you've got the sports industry, the uh, entertainment uh, industry, and then you can actually go further into uh, retail, aviation and so on. A lot of the principles about um, isolating people, creating a sanitized envir environment, uh, informing people uh, and then uh, operating venues in a certain way can operate in any environment at all. A lot of that comes through, as I said, the information, observing what currently happens in a, in a test environment. Um, then being able to optimize your systems, your processes, uh, and then um, adapting what you do to enable uh, increasingly wider amounts of, of people to do certain things. Um, I know the aviation industry is going to look to gradually scale up what it does, and this whole process of moving large people around, in, both in the large public assembly buildings like um, terminals themselves, but also planes, is, is wholly appropriate. Um, similarly, when you look at all the way from uh, large sports and entertainment venues down to smaller ones, the, the challenges will be largely the same in that you just have to keep people safe and environment very, very well sanitized, uh, uh, but ultimately look after both the experience and the health of people at the same time. So moving forward from this, what do you think that teams and organizations will learn from a sporting sense, just in terms of how to keep people safe? And how do you think things will move forward? Um, and how do you think maybe things change permanently after this situation? Um, and maybe our new normal becomes something that doesn't look exactly like what things were like before this all started. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, as I alluded at the start, it's not really possible to observe social distancing in any venue and have massive capacities. So that isn't a problem that you can solve through uh, operation or design. However, what you can do is uh, in environments knowing that there could be increased awareness of hygiene issues, have much higher standards enable to control people as you actually move around um, to uh, and enable venues to, to operate in, in multi, multi, multiple different modes from uh, a situation whereby everything is okay to a point where it might need to adapt slightly differently. That I think in, from an operational perspective is one of the key changes. I think the other one actually is going beyond that and that is what is our what are our stadia used for? Uh, most stadia fundamentally um, uh, facilities that operate as a very commercial entity only on a match day. Now, if that is one of your key ways of making money and you're going to have to run at reduced capacity or maybe not even have events on at all, 
you'll need to look at diversifying income. And I know particularly soccer stadia around the world are looking at a very different model in the future, whereby rather than start with a stadium and see what commercial things they could squeeze in, perhaps the alternative approach is to have a more diversified model where they look at the whole precinct that the stadium fits on. And starting with the commercial business case, the diverse business case that could include a wide variety of uses uh, and stick a stadium on top of that. And, and I think what we'll see is a, an acceleration of that, of that change in brief for stadium design going forward. Um, there, there will ultimately be, uh, uh, I believe, uh, a massive drive for people to want to be together in the future. So I, I predict the market for sports stadia and uh, major events will be increased. And so the desire for people to be there and for the push for stadia is, is going to be very, very strong for the foreseeable future. It's just that they, that I think those venues will have to work harder, work harder for the fans and work harder for the owners. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's a fascinating time and it'll be very interesting just to see how things change and how teams and leagues adapt to regulations and to everything going on in the world to keep their fans safe and also to obviously you know, you, you recognize teams and leagues have to make money. They are money and revenue generating machines. And that's uh, something you alluded to off the top is that uh, is that that's necessary. And so it'll be very fascinating to see how those two worlds combine uh, moving forward. And uh, it's, it's been fun to discuss it and, and to see how you're a part of that. Absolutely. Thank, thank you very much. It, it most definitely is like anything. It's 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 a balance. It's a blend of things. And if it was easy, any, anyone would be able to do it. But the, the reality is um, sports and business is a is a complex, complex thing with a whole load of passions that often make our, our business sense even more complicated than it is. And 